Chapter Forty Two of the Deluge, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynette Calkins, Monument, Colorado. The Deluge, Volume Two by Henry Sinkiewicz, translated by Jeremiah Curtin. Chapter Forty Two. The sword bearer of Rossieni returned a few days later. In spite of the safe conduct of Boguslav, he went only to Rossieni. To Bilvich itself he had no reason to go, for it was no longer in the world. The house, the buildings, the village, everything was burned to the ground in the last battle, which Father Strashevich, a Jesuit, had fought at the head of his own detachment against the Swedish captain Rosa. The inhabitants were in the forests or in armed parties. Instead of rich villages, there remained only land and water. The roads were filled with ravagers, that is, fugitives from various armies, who, going in considerable groups, were busied with robbery, so that even small parties of soldiers were not safe from them. The sword-bearer then had not even been able to convince himself whether the barrels filled with plate and money and buried in the garden were safe, and he returned to Torogi very angry and peevish, with a terrible animosity in his heart against the destroyers. He had barely put foot out of his carriage when Olinka hurried him to her own room and recounted all that Hasling Ketling had told her. The old soldier shivered at the recital, since, not having children of his own, he loved the maiden as his daughter. For a while he did nothing but grasp his sword-hilt, repeating, "'Strike, who has courage!' At last he caught himself by the head and began to say, Mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. It is my fault, my greatest fault. For at times it came into my head, and this and that man whispered that that hell-dweller was melting from love of you, and I said nothing, was even proud, thinking, Well, he will marry. We are relatives of the Gosievskys, of the Tysenhouses. Why should we not be relatives of the Radzivils? for pride god is punishing me the traitor prepared a respectable relationship that's the kind of relative he wanted to be i would he were killed but wait this hand and this sabre will moulder first we must think of escape said olinka well give your plans of escape the sword-bearer having finished panting listened carefully at last he said better collect my subjects and form a party I will attack the Swedes as Kmitka did Hovonsky. You will be safer in the forest and in the field than in the court of a traitor and a heretic. That is well, answered the lady. Not only will I not oppose, said the sword-bearer, but I will say the sooner the better, and I lack neither subjects nor scythes. They burned my residence. Never mind that. I will assemble peasants from other villages. All the Biloviches in the field will join us, we will show your relationship, young man. We will show what it is to attack the Bilvich honor. You are a Radzivill. What of that? There are no hetmans in the Bilvich family, but there are also no traitors. We shall see whom all Jimid will follow. We will put you in Bialovyage and return ourselves, said he, turning to Olinka. It cannot be otherwise. He must give satisfaction for that affair." for it is an injustice to the whole estate of nobles. Infamous is he who does not declare for us. 
god will help us our brethren will help us citizens will help us and then fire and sword the Bilviches will meet the radzivils infamous he who is not with us infamous he who will not flash his sword in the eyes of the traitor the king is with us so is the diet so is the whole commonwealth here the sword-bearer red as blood and with bristling forelock fell to pounding the table with his fist this war is more urgent than the swedish for in us the whole order of knighthood all laws the whole commonwealth is injured and shaken in its deepest foundations infamous is he who does not understand this the land will perish unless we measure out vengeance and punishment on the traitor and the old blood played more and more violently till olinka was forced to pacify her uncle he sat calmly then though he thought that not only the country but the whole world was perishing when the billeviches were touched in this he saw the most terrible precipice for the commonwealth and began to roar like a lion but the lady who had great influence over him was able at last to pacify her uncle explaining that for their safety and for the success of their flight it was specially needful to preserve the profoundest secrecy and not to show the prince that they were thinking of anything he promised sacredly to act according to her directions then they took counsel about the flight itself the affair was not over difficult for it seemed that they were not watched at all the sword-bearer decided to send in advance a youth with letters to his overseers to assemble peasants at once from all the villages belonging to him and the other billeviches and to arm them six confidential servants were to go to billevich as it were for the barrels of money and silver but really to halt in the girlikol forests and wait there with horses bags and provisions they decided to depart from torogi in sleighs and accompanied by two servants as if going merely to the neighboring gavna afterward they would mount horses and hurry on with all speed to gavna they used to go often to visit the kuchuk obutrovskis where sometimes they passed the night they hoped therefore that their journey would not attract the attention of any one and that no pursuit would follow unless two or three days later at which time they would be in the midst of armed bands and in the depth of impenetrable forests the absence of prince boguslav strengthened them in this hope meanwhile the sword-bearer was greatly busied with preparations a messenger with letters went out on the following morning the day after that pan tomash talked in detail with patterson of his buried money which as he said exceeded a hundred thousand and of the need of bringing it to safe Torgi. patterson believed easily for billevich was a noble and passed as a very rich man which he was in reality let them bring it as soon as possible said the scot if you need them i will give you soldiers the fewer people who see what i am bringing the better my servants are faithful and i will order them to cover the barrels with hemp which is brought often from our villages to prussia or with staves which no one will covet better with staves said patterson for people could feel with a sabre or a spear through the hemp that there was nothing else in the wagon but you would better give the coin to the prince on his recognition i know too that he needs money for his revenues do not come regularly i should like so to serve the prince that he would never need anything answered the old man the conversation ended there and all seemed to combine most favorably 
for the servants started at once while the sword-bearer and olenka were to go next morning but in the evening boguslav returned most unexpectedly at the head of two regiments of prussian cavalry his affairs seemed to advance not too favorably for he was angry and fretful that evening he summoned a council of war which was composed of the representatives of the elector count sedevitz patterson sakovich and kiritz a colonel of cavalry they sat till three in the morning and the object of their deliberation was the campaign to poliasie against sapphia the elector and the king of sweden have reinforced me in proportion to their strength said the prince one of two things will happen either i shall find sabieha in poliasi and in that event i must rub him out or i shall not find him and i shall occupy poliasi without resistance for all this however money is needed and money neither the elector nor the king of sweden has given me for they haven't it themselves where is money to be found if not with your highness asked sedivitz through the whole world men speak of the inexhaustible wealth of the radzivils pan sedivitz answered boguslav if i received all the income from my inherited estates i should surely have more money than five of your german princes taken together but there is war in the country revenues do not come in or are intercepted by rebels ready money might be obtained for notes from the prussian towns but you know best what is happening in them and that purses are opened only for jan casimir but konigsberg i took what i could get but that was little i should think myself fortunate to be able to serve you with good counsel said patterson i would rather you served me with ready money my counsel means ready money not longer ago than yesterday pan bilovich told me that he had a good sum hidden in the garden of bilovich and that he wishes to bring it here for safety and give it to your highness for a note well you have really fallen from heaven to me and this noble as well cried boguslav but he has much money more than a hundred thousand besides silver and valuables which are worth perhaps an equal amount the silver and valuables he will not wish to turn into money but they can be pawned i am thankful to you patterson for this comes to me in time i must talk to bilovich in the morning then i will forewarn him for he is preparing to go to-morrow with the lady to gavna to the kuchuk obotovskis tell him not to go till he sees me he has sent the servants already i am only alarmed for their safety a whole regiment can be sent after them but we will talk later this is timely for me timely and it will be amusing if i rend poliasi from the commonwealth with the money of this royalist and patriot then the prince dismissed the council for he had to put himself yet in the hands of his chamber attendants whose task it was every night before he went to rest to preserve his uncommon beauty with baths ointments and various inventions known only in foreign lands this lasted usually an hour and sometimes two besides the prince was road-weary and the hour late early in the morning patterson detained bilovich and olenka with the announcement that the prince wished to see them it was necessary to defer their journey but this did not disturb them overmuch for patterson told what the question was an hour later the prince appeared in spite of the fact that pan tomash and Linka had promised each other most faithfully to receive him in former fashion they could not do so though they tried with every effort 
olinka's countenance changed and blood came to the face of the sword-bearer at sight of prince boguslav for a time both stood confused excited striving in vain to regain their usual calmness the prince on the contrary was perfectly at ease he had grown a little meagre about the eyes and his face was less coloured than common but that paleness of his was set off wonderfully by the pearl-coloured morning dress interwoven with silver he saw in a moment that they received him somewhat differently and were less glad than usual to see him but he thought at once that those two royalists had learned of his relations with the swedes hence the coolness of the reception therefore he began at once to throw sand in their eyes and after the compliments of greeting said lord swordbearer my benefactor you have heard without doubt what misfortunes have met me does your highness wish to speak of the death of prince janusz asked the sword-bearer not of his death alone that was a cruel blow still i yielded to the will of god who as i hope has rewarded my cousin for all the wrongs done him but he has sent a new burden to me for i must be leader in a civil war and that for every citizen who loves his country is a bitter portion the sword-bearer said nothing he merely looked a little askance at olinka but the prince continued by my labor and toil and god alone knows at what outlay i had brought peace to the verge of realization it was almost a question of merely signing the treaties the swedes were to leave poland asking no remuneration save the consent of the king and the estates that after the death of jan casimir karl gustav would be chosen to the throne of poland a warrior so great and mighty would be the salvation of the commonwealth and what is more important he was to furnish at once reinforcements for the war in the ukraine and against moscow we should have extended our boundaries but this was not convenient for pan sapiea for then he could not crush the radzivils all agreed to this treaty he alone opposes it with armed hand the country is nothing to him if he can only carry out his personal designs it has come to this that arms must be used against him this function has been confided to me according to the secret treaty between jan casimir and karl gustav this is the whole affair i have never shunned any service therefore i must accept this though many will judge me unjustly and think that i begin a brother-killing war from pure revenge only whoso knows your highness said the sword-bearer as well as we do will not be deceived by appearances and will always be able to understand the real intentions of your highness here the sword-bearer was so delighted with his own cunning and courtesy and he muttered so expressively at olenka that she was alarmed lest the prince should notice these signs and he did notice them they do not believe me thought he and though he showed no wrath on his face bilovitch had pricked him to the soul he was convinced with perfect sincerity that it was an offence not to believe a radzivill even when he saw fit to lie patterson has told me continued he after a while that you wish to give me ready money for my paper i agree to this willingly for i acknowledge that ready money is useful to me at the moment when peace comes you can do as you like either take a certain sum or i will give you a couple of villages as security so that the transaction will be profitable for you pardon said the prince turning to olenka that in view of such material questions we are not speaking of size or ideals this conversation is out of place 
but the times are such that it is impossible to give their proper course to homage and admiration olinka dropped her eyes and seizing her robe with the tips of her fingers made a proper curtsey not wishing to give an answer meanwhile the sword-bearer formed in his mind a project of unheard-of unfitness but which he considered uncommonly clever i will flee with olinka and will not give the money thought he it will be agreeable to me to accommodate your highness patterson has not told of all for there is about half a pot of gold ducats buried apart so as not to lose all the money in case of accident besides there are barrels belonging to other billeviches but these during my absence were buried under the direction of this young lady and she alone is able to calculate the place for the man who buried them is dead bogoslav looked at him quickly how is that patterson said that you have already sent men and since they have gone they must know where the money is but of the other money no one knows except her still it must be buried in some definite place which can be described easily in words or indicated on paper words are wind and as to pictures the servants know nothing of them we will both go that is the thing for god's sake you must know your own gardens therefore go alone why should panna alexandra go i will not go alone said bilovitch with decision bogoslav looked at him inquiringly a second time then he seated himself more comfortably and began to strike his boots with a cane which he held in his hand is that final asked he well in such an event i will give a couple of regiments of cavalry to take you there and bring you back we need no regiments we will go and return ourselves this is our country nothing threatens us here as a host sensitive to the good of his guests i cannot permit that panna alexandra should go without armed force choose then either go alone or let both go with an escort bilovitch saw that he had fallen into his own trap and that brought him to such anger that forgetting all precautions he cried then let your highness choose either we shall both go unattended or i will not give the money panna alexandra looked on him imploringly but he had already grown red and begun to pant still he was a man cautious by nature even timid loving to settle every affair in good feeling but when once the measure was exceeded in dealing with him when he was too much excited against any one or when it was a question of the billovitch honour he hurled himself with a species of desperate daring at the eyes of even the most powerful enemy so that now he put his hand to his left side and shaking his sabre began to cry with all of his might is this captivity do they wish to oppose a free citizen and trample on cardinal rights bogoslav with shoulders leaning against the arms of the chair looked at him attentively but his look became colder each moment and he struck the cane against his boots more and more quickly had the sword-bearer known the prince better he would have known that he was bringing down terrible danger on his own head relations with bogoslav were simply dreadful it was never known when the courteous cavalier the diplomat accustomed to self-control would be overborne by the wild and unrestrained magnate who trampled every resistance with the cruelty of an eastern despot a brilliant education and refinement acquired at the first courts of europe reflection and studied elegance which he had gained in intercourse with men were like wonderful and strong flowers under which was secreted a tiger but the sword-bearer did not know this and in his angry blindness shouted on 
Your Highness, dissemble no further, for you are known, and have a care, for neither the King of Sweden nor the Elector, both of whom you are serving against your own country, nor your princely position will save you before the law, and the sabers of nobles will teach you manners, young man. Boguslav rose. In one instant he crushed the cane in his iron hands, and throwing the pieces at the feet of the sword-bearer, said with a terrible, suppressed voice, "'That is what your rights are for me. That your tribunals. That your privileges.' "'Outrageous violence!' cried Bilovich. "'Silence, paltry noble!' cried the prince. "'I will crush you into dust.' and he advanced to seize the astonished man and hurl him against the wall. Now Panna Alexandra stood between them. "'What do you think to do?' inquired she. The prince restrained himself, but she stood with nostrils distended, with flaming face, with fire in her eyes like an angry Minerva, her breast heaved under her bodice like a wave of the sea, and she was marvellous in that anger, so that Boguslav was lost in gazing at her all his desires crept into his face like serpents from the dens of his soul after a time his anger passed presence of mind returned he looked a while yet at olinka at last his face grew mild he bent his head toward his breast and said pardon angelic lady i have a soul full of gnawing and pain therefore i do not command myself then he left the room Olinka began to wring her hands, and Bilovich, coming to himself, seized his forelock and cried, "'I have spoilt everything. I am the cause of your ruin.' The prince did not show himself the whole day. He even dined in his own room with Sakovich. Stirred to the bottom of his soul, he could not think so clearly as usual. Some kind of egg was wasting him. It was the herald of a grievous fever which was to seize him soon with such force that during its attacks he was benumbed altogether, so that his attendants had to rub him most actively. But at this time he ascribed his strange state to the power of love, and thought that he must either satisfy it or die. When he had told Sakovich the whole conversation with the sword-bearer, he said, "'My hands and feet are burning. Ants are walking along my back. In my mouth are bitterness and fire.' but by all the horned devils what is this never has this attacked me before your highness is as full of scruples as a baked capon of buckwheat grits the prince is a capon the prince is a capon ha <laughs> you are a fool very well i don't need your ideas worthy prince take a lute and go under the windows of the maiden bilovich may show you his fist Tuff, to the deuce is that the kind of bold man that Boguslav Radzivill is? You are an idiot. Very well. I see that your highness is beginning to speak with yourself and tell the truth to your own face. Boldly, boldly, pay no heed to rank. You see, Sakovich, that my castor is growing familiar with me. As it is, I kick him often in the ribs, but a greater accident may meet you. Sakovich sprang up as if red with anger, like Bilovich a little while before, and since he had an uncommon gift of mimicry, he began to cry in a voice so much like that of Bilovich that anyone not seeing who was talking might have been deceived. "'What is this captivity? Do they wish to oppress a free citizen, to trample on cardinal rights?' "'Give us peace, give us peace,' said the prince fretfully. "'She defended that old fool with her person.' but here there is no one to defend you. 
If she defended him, she should have been taken in pawn. There must be some witchcraft in this place. Either she must have given me something, or the constellations are such that I am simply leaving my mind. If you could have seen her when she was defending that mangy old uncle of hers. But you are a fool. It is growing cloudy in my head. See how my hands are burning. To love such a woman, to gain her, with such a woman to... To have posterity, added Sakovich. That's so, that's so, as if you knew that must be. Otherwise I shall burst as a bomb. For God's sake, what is happening to me? Must I marry, or what, by all the devils of earth and hell? Sakovich grew serious. Your princely highness, you must not think of that. I am thinking of just that, precisely because I wish it. I will do that, though a regiment of Sakovitches repeated a whole day to me. Your princely highness must not think of that. Oh, I see this is no joke. I am sick, enchanted. Why do you not follow my advice at last? I must follow it. May the plague take all the dreams, all the Bilovitches, all Lithuania with the tribunals, and Jan Kazimir to boot. I shall not succeed otherwise. I see that I shall not. I have had enough of this, have I not? A great question. And I, the fool, was considering both sides hitherto, was afraid of dreams, of Bilovitches, of lawsuits, of the rabble of nobles, the fortune of Jan Kazimir. Tell me that I am a fool. Do you hear? I command you to tell me that I am a fool. But I will not obey, for now you are really Radzivill, and not a Calvinist minister. But in truth you must be ill, for I have never seen you so changed. True. In the most difficult positions I merely waved my hand and whistled. But now I feel as if someone were thrusting spurs into my sides. This is strange, for if that maiden has given you something designedly— she has not done so to run away afterward, but still, from what you say, it seems that they wish to flee in secret. Riff told me that this is the influence of Saturn, on which burning exultations rise during this particular month. Worthy prince, rather take Jove as a model, for he was happy without marriage. All will be well, only do not think of marriage unless of a counterfeit one. All at once the starosta of Oshmiana struck his forehead. But wait! Your Highness, I have heard of such a case in Prussia. Is the devil whispering something into your ear? Tell me. But Sakovich was silent for a long time, and at last his face brightened, and he said, Thank the fortune that gave you Sakovich as a friend. What news, what news? Nothing. I will be Your Highness's best man. Here Sakovich bowed. No small honor for such a poor fellow. Don't play the jester. Speak quickly. There is in Tiltza one Plaska, or something like that, who in his time was a priest in Yevrani, but who, falling away from the faith, became a Lutheran, got married, took refuge under the elector, and now is dealing in dried fish with people of this region. Bishop Parchevsky tried to lure him back to Jumud, where in good certainty there was a fire waiting for him, but the elector would not yield up a fellow believer. How does that concern me? Do not loiter. How does that concern your highness? In this way it must concern you, for he will sew you and her together with stitches on the outside, you understand. And because he is a fool of a workman, and does not belong to the guild, it will be easy to rip the work after him. Do you see? 
the guild does not recognize this sewing as valid but still there will be no violence no outcry you can twist the neck of the workman afterward and you will complain that you were deceived do you understand but before that time crescite et multiplicamini i'll be the first to give you my blessing i understand and i don't understand said the prince the devil i understand there perfectly sakovitch you must have been born like a witch with teeth in your mouth the hangman is waiting for you it cannot be otherwise o starosta but while i live a hair will not fall from your head a fitting reward will not miss you i then your highness will make a formal proposal to panna Vilevich, to her and to her uncle if they refuse if they do not consent then give command to tear the skin from me make sandal strings out of it and go on a pilgrimage of penance to to rome it is possible to resist radzivill if he wishes simply to be a lover but if he wishes to marry he need not try to please any noble you must only tell billevich and the lady that out of regard for the elector and the king of sweden who want you to marry the princess of bypont your marriage must remain secret till peace is declared besides you will write the marriage contract as you like both churches will be forced to declare it invalid well what do you think boguslav was silent for a while but on his face red fever spots appeared under the paint then he cried there is no time in three days i must move against sapiea that is just the position were there more time it would be impossible to justify the pretext is this not true only through lack of time can you explain that the first priest at hand officiates as happens in sudden emergencies and marries on a bolting cloth they will think too it is sudden for it must be sudden she is a knightly maiden you can take her with you to the field dear bridegroom if sapieha conquers even then you will have half the victories of the campaign that is well that is well said the prince but at that moment the first paroxysm seized him so that his jaws closed and he could not say another word he grew rigid and then began to quiver and flounder like a fish out of water but before the terrified zakovich could bring the physician the paroxysm had passed End of chapter 42